gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet, NXT TakeOver Toronto Preview. I'm Ross McLeod and I'm joined today by, well, it's not quite a dream team, two of them dropped out and one of them fell asleep. But you know, we're going to make do with what we have. <laughs> But before we meet our panel, first off, you can find us on so all social media sites at Suplex Retweet. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you want. Just look for Suplex Retweet. You'll find us. We've also got a website. Maybe check that out. Maybe don't. I don't know. But first off, let's meet the panel. Now, at Duke Street train station, there is a sign that says Edinburgh, 42 miles away. And when you meet this woman, you wish they'd move it further. It's Sarah Grieve. Ah, that is... God, I used to like you as well, Ross. I don't, I don't really? know. Uh, depends on the day. Next up is a man whose brother had the cheek to call me El Pervoso when this man was only here because he thought we were reviewing Tyler Bates' sexy legs. He's El Pervoso of NXT UK. He's Gary Kernan. How are you? Oh, I'm thank you. I've got my suitcase packed, ready to head off to take over Toronto and uh, Lucy has packed her hugger section signs and I've got my viscera section sign. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for the viscera section to be fully on show. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and up next is someone who was once called an unnecessary sequel and considering I didn't want him I tend to agree with that. It's Scott McLeod. <laughs> Let me tell you a hell of a salesman yes, Ross. Check, check out our website or don't. Like... You really know how to get those things, don't you? The wonder as they don't want all of you on the shop floor. Oh, damn! I don't want to be on the shop floor if you met the general public. Uh, so before we get into the matches, guys, we're just going to have a wee quick conversation about what's been going down on NXT TV since our last TakeOver, TakeOver 25, which we also did a preview of. You can check out on our back catalogue and our website, which you 100% should check out. So we're just going to have a wee quick chat uh, about some of our favourite things that have happened on NXT TV. Scott, I'm going to start with you. The breakout tournament, I know you're a massive fan of that. Yeah, definitely. The uh, NXT breakout tournament has been consistently, I think, one of the highlights of NXT weekly TV. Like, they've been having one match each week, so it's something more to look forward to. Uh, in particular, standouts, even uh, the guys that aren't in the final have still got a chance to showcase themselves. Like, particularly some of my favourites are Dexter Lumis's whole look and he's kind of being built from an undisclosed location I think is a really nice touch and they're really like uh, Hector Garza or Angel Garza I think he's being called now not just because he, he refused to have that guy in the front row who's always so annoying uh, high five you know the same guy that kept saving you a kiss to it fight for the fall <laughs> what else have you enjoyed about it, Scott? Well, I was going to say like it's a chance to like new guys a showcase like the whole thing we do is they're signing so many different people so it's a great chance to get on some of the guys that people probably already know from their time in the indies, but immediately it's a showcase of what they can do. And the two guys who are going to the finals, uh, I think it's a great show of faith in them to do the gate that they're possibly in contention for a future title opportunity. Cool. Gary, uh, you mentioned you're actually going to take over Toronto. What's uh, piqued your interest before the big trip? It's been quite an interesting period for NXT. Uh, I don't think the build up to take over Toronto has been as good as some of the other uh, shows. I wonder if it's the consequence of TakeOver 25. There's been a whole stack 
of debuts. Uh, Scott mentioned stop, stops talking about the the tournament. Um, there's been lots of other debuts in that time. Damien Priest. There's been the returns of uh, Fandango just in the last episode. Um, so there's been quite a lot, a lot of stuff going on uh, within NXT. Lots of um, efforts to start to build the next crop of stars, which has been quite interesting to see. The, uh, the cards start to unfold there. Yeah, it, as you mentioned, they're building up a lot of people and a lot of debuts. Like, you know, we're recording this the a full six days beforehand, so we're recording this before the the go home takeover where Killian Dane's going to take on Matt Riddle. You know, you've got the reformation of Prezango, Damien Priest, as you mentioned, Keith Lee, Scott's breakout tournament. It seems the weekly TV has been really strong, but it's came at maybe a cost of interest for certain matches on the TakeOver. Yeah, I was. I thought that we might have got for TakeOver, uh, Kelly and Dane and Matt Riddle. We're going to get that next week, as you mentioned, uh, as you were alluding to, Ross. We're going to get that on XT TV. Um, I would have loved to have seen that match at TakeOver. That two, two, two my favourites in NXT going after an amazing match yeah 100% even NXT the week after TakeOver and you know performed in front of the the rabid Toronto fans and you know Lucy screaming we all hate you at people (laughs) (laughs) Sarah what have some of your highlights been from NXT Weekly TV leading up to TakeOver Um, I would have to say it would be the return of past superstars so you've got like Apollo Crews, I think, in my opinion, that he just wasn't quite ready for that step up. Yes, he looks like a superstar and he can move in the ring like a superstar. But I think like he was lacking that charisma that you learn when you start working on TV. So I think bringing him back, back into just a, a contained environment where he can be nurtured is probably the best move. It's, it's the same with Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I mean, I think after... You know, they ended up having to stop the fashion police because that was what they really were breaking out on when it came to the main roster. I mean, but it was just segments, and they weren't really getting to they weren't really getting to uh, wrestle. And Tyler Breeze was one of like the strongest people in NXT. He was getting a big, big push, and then it's like it's like the argument is like the transition from NXT when you've got such a a local crowd who are committed and that watch it each and every week and go to the tapings instead of just different cities every night with different crowds every night <clears throat> and so I think like that's been like my highlight is seeing all these people come back and you're like maybe this is the best thing for them you get some folk, folk that say they never want to leave NXT like Tommaso Ciampa he says this is my kingdom <laughs> and I don't want to go yeah 100% yeah I think as well we mentioned Tyler Breeze going back you know, in the space of three takeovers, he thought fought for the title, fought Finn Balor, and then fought Jushin Thunder Liger. You know, and then it was the case of, oh, I'm kind of main roster. What, what am I doing? Like, so it is good to see him go back. Yeah. We'll jump right into the first match we're going to talk about. Possibly my match of the night, I think. Velveteen Dream defending his North American title against former tag team partners, former Dusty Rhodes Classic finalists, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. Yes. Seeing as Sarah went, yes, there, we'll start with you. Yes. <laughs> How excited are you for this match? Oh, like, I agree. This is probably what's going to be my match of the night. I did sort of, like, I will admit, I fell away from NXT just a little bit as of late, but 
when I saw that this was happening, I had to immediately go and watch. Just like even the build up, like I, I enjoyed the the one on one with the Dream and Roderick Strong, and then just it it felt like it was missing that little bit of extra pizzazz, <laughs> um, and reigniting that old rivalry with uh, Roddy and Pete Dunne. Like you heard, you heard Full Sail. Like the place erupted when his music hit, and I think like. See, because Pete Dunne is, I think, because he carried the UK division on his shoulders for so long that he, he's he's kind of outgrown it just a little bit while these new guys are trying to find their footing, whereas he's already there. Yeah. So I think bringing him over for NXT to um, like Toronto, best move that they could have ever possibly done. And let's just face it, the dream is amazing. Sure. Roderick Strong is one of the most gifted athletes that have ever come through the wrestling scene. And Pete Dunne is, without a doubt, one of the UK's best. You can't go wrong with this match. You, you physically can't. Exactly. Gary, as we mentioned, you'll be there. It's not quite Tyler Sexy Legs, but it's a hell of a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, hell of a substitute. Well, when, in a kind of completely different way, yes. Um, when, Dunne, <laughs> when, <laughs> when Dunne came out, I was watching watching the, the show with Lucy, my ten year old daughter, and I said to her, "It looks like Pete Dunne's been sleeping under a bridge." And she <laughs> said, <laughs> "She said to me, is this the first thing you've ever seen him?'" <laughs> <laughs> by which she meant he always looks like he's been sleeping under a bridge. But what a great wrestler! Also, uh, just to build a serious point, the pop from the crowd when Dunne's music played the minute that tune hit. Everybody in that arena knew what it meant and who it was, and it just adds to the point you were making about about uh, this audience being ready for done and him being added to this picture was great. To be honest, the idea I thought we were building towards Roddy and Velveteen for uh, another match would have been a good match, no doubt about it. Did I need to see it again? No, probably. You know, wasn't clamouring to see it again. Now, three with the, the added dimension of Dunn to it, I really want to see this match, and I really want to see Dunn versus Velveteen one-on-one afterwards as well. So, yes, really excited about about this one. Nice. Scotty, what are your thoughts on it? I kind of agree with what the, the guys are saying, and that I'm not saying Roderick versus Velveteen would have been a bad match, but I think Pete Dunn being added to it really adds something to it. It makes you, makes it more of an anticipated match for me. Because Roderick's really good, but I've noticed when he's doing stuff on his own, rather than when he's doing stuff with the rest of the Street area, he's not always that interesting. Like, I think he's better in part of a group. And I think Pete Dunne, like the pop, said it all when he came back. He's one of the few guys, like, on NXT or NXT UK, wherever they go. He's one of the guys, along with like, likes of Mustache Mountain, who are guaranteed, like, instantly as soon as their music comes out, they're going to get a big reaction because first everybody knows who they, who he is and I think with the whole thing with Regal saying that he come, came with agreement they came to an agreement with Johnny Saint Jesus I'm as coherent as Johnny Saint is half the time <laughs> that Pete Dunne's going to be sticking around for a while I think that really adds something because much like when Tyler Breeze came back last month we weren't sure like if he's sticking around for a while he could possibly win the title so it makes you doubt it a bit more rather than if he was just popping around for a one-off, you can see, like, oh, then he's, he's no chance. But, like, depending on how long Dunn's going to be around for, like, because he have him holding that belt and, like, because he's, he's challenged for it before he had that title versus title match with Ricochet last mm. year. So 
and the full circuit obviously already know who he is, so I won't put it past him. Put the, the belt on him. Scott, uh, you mentioned Johnny Saint there. Would you have preferred this match to be a four-man fatal? Oh yes, can't go on with a four-man <laughs> fatal. Was it just me that was really shocked to see Johnny Saint back on <laughs> back on TV and with a microphone in his hands in front of a crowd last week? Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's not advised. He barely said anything. All he had to do was point at the screen like we. Take over, like yes, we know takeover is happening, Johnny. Uh, he just looks like he wants to. I know. Out. Take him, he's take him home. Give him his book. Let him watch the rugby highlights in the telly. A wee biscuit, and then put him to his bed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what are they? Like, well, he's a British legend, yes, but he's he's an old man now, and he's not used to this this sort of role, Jesus. Um, but back to the triple threat match as we make fun of a pensioner for no apparent reason. You ah uh, well. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Got all upset there, people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Predictions for this match. Uh, Sarah, I'll start with you. Who have you got winning? Uh, I don't know. As much as, like, I would love to see the Velveteen Dream carry on, because, like, as he said, it's the day he goes to hell if he loses that title. <laughs> but, like, that, that was his words. I was like, damn, you're not wrong. It's It just makes me wonder, like, what would the Velveteen Dream be without that title right now? Like, he could probably do it. If that does that mean that he could maybe move sideways? And I'm like, it gives me the fear a bit. But um, if like, see, because he is sticking around for a while, I would love to see him take this title because, like I said, he carried that UK division, and it gives it gives people a fresh person to chase, someone that they're not overly familiar with, but are still familiar in some sense, and they're just like, nah. He's like the the cream of the crop in the UK. I I want him, mm. so I I would love to. See, I would actually love to see Pete take that title. As much as it pains me to say right now, because I want the Velveteen Dream to stay champion forever. <laughs> Gary, can you see Pete Dunne taking the title back to his bridge, or <laughs> or do you see it being undisputed? I can see the title changing hands, and I don't see it being a disaster if it does because we'll talk about the world, uh, the NXT Championship later on. That title needs a different challenge, needs more challengers, and there's not a lot of them at the moment. So having Velveteen Dream freed up without damage, having taken pinfalls, losing the North American title would make sense. So it might be my heart over my head that's going to say Pete Dunne would be my pick for this match. So you went Pete Dunne, Sarah's went Roddy, even though she wants Velveteen to be as I done. I said, that's his I don't want Roddy to win this. Uh, Scott, who do you want to win it? Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be Roderick Strong, and I'm going to explain why later on when we get to the rest of the Undisputed Era. But I think it's going to be the other team dream kind of taking advantage of the whole three-man like, aspect. I'm coming in the last minute with the elbow drop, and then they hold on to the belt, and I think he and Pete Dunne, if Pete Dunne's going to stick around for a while, he and Dunne in a kind of a singles feud for the belt, because I think he could afford to stick around for at least, at least a few months because I think he's gone to a point where he was carrying that UK title. I think he's kind of outgrown NXT, so like NXT UK. So I think he can afford to spend some time in NXT US. For well, a while. I'm going to go Roderick Strong. I'm going to have Pete Dunne hit the bitter end on Velveteen, and then Roddy with one of his flying knees that he seems to hit from absolutely nowhere uh, to knock Pete Dunne out the ring and steal the pin and. You'll see a theme in my picks tonight. So I'm going to go Roddy. And that's us done our first match, lads. There we go. We got through that painlessly. Hey! <laughs> right, so from 
one former uh, friendship to another. I mean, it's like in your house, good friends, better enemies here, Gary. We've got... <laughs> oh, I love that show. I know, it's a classic. We've and, got... And Diesel, Diesel, oh, oh, you can't mention Sorry. that. We have to mention Diesel stealing that man's leg to hit Shawn Michaels with. If <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that pay-per-view. <laughs> Don't have a leg to stand on, that fella. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've heard the one one legged banner and ass kicking contest, but this is just taking the piss. So, match two, uh, we've got Candice LeRae, Mrs. Wrestling, against Io Shirai. Now, we saw Io Shirai have some great matches with Shayna Baszler, but recently she's, you know, she started coming out in the dark, wearing all black, dark hair. Sarah, you're what Zach Gibson calls a sweaty goth. Uh, do you think. <laughs> Do you think Eo Shirai's just going through a golf phase, or is this more of a breakdown? Since when was I a golf? Sorry, evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, the same thing. Go to the cat house, you can't tell who's who. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> no, I, I don't think she's going through a phase. I, like, you would probably say that, like, she's she is starting to... It's more frustration, she's got that chip on her shoulder, like... I think she probably just assumes that Candace is holding her down. It's like, I don't need your friendship. And you're like, well, okay, bye. Beat them up. Exactly. And that's, that's all it really is. I mean, I didn't really watch a great deal of this build-up because like, you can see it coming a mile off. Like, it, Friendships never last in wrestling. Like, and if they do, they don't last very long. <laughs> um, so like, you just sort of see, like, anytime they become pals, you're just like, well, that's going to end at some point. <laughs> Because it, it is, it's always going to happen. It happened with Jericho and KO, and that was still heartbreaking to this day. Um, I wouldn't say this is as heartbreaking because you could see it a mile off. But yeah, I wouldn't say that she's like going through a sweat. I think she's just like trying to look tough. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's why I would probably say she's just trying to look tough. Uh, Scott, talking about uh, me and you spoke about this off air. This seems to be the main women's feud going in, which we'll talk about more when we get to the women's title match. It sort of overshadows the women's title match. Yeah, definitely. And first off, Ross, I'd like to say it's not a phase, it's who she is now. Get just deal with that. It's not a phase, mum! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm really enjoying you as a heel, even though we've had like, only a few segments of her in our new here. We're sort of like, like we said, when Shane McMahon came in black at WrestleMania, like, she's wearing all black, that means she's a baddie now. But, <laughs> Yeah, like as soon as I seen her in the kind of the new look and the new music, I was immediately sold on her as a heel. And like I'm pretty sure I've heard people say that she's apparently she's played a heel before in Japan, so she should be like used to this kind of role. And I, I agree with you're saying this is kind of taking over as the main like women's feud because it did kind of start with the NXT Women's Championship because like it was Eel kind of the frustration of not being able to win the championship, which caused her to eventually snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always good when frustrations come out from not like when wins and losses matter. It's upset her that much that she's you know battered a woman that was helping her about just she was that annoyed. So as I say, like, I like to think of Kenneth going backstage after and Johnny seeing her like, see, I tell your best <laughs> friends or <laughs> Gary, what have your thoughts on this feud been so far? Um, I was surprised to see Addy to take over. I'm not disappointed. Uh, at all, I'm really pleased. Really pleased that Candice is getting a program and getting something a bit more meaty to do. Because I feel like she's been a wee bit wasted mm-hmm. uh, recently. I like that 
feel he's getting some layers added to the character. So I think you could have said she was a wee bit, you could have argued that she was coming, coming into what, but to happy, clappy, baby face. And this is a good way for her to not lose face. Was it three shots she got at the world at uh, the women's title and came up? Yeah, she, so yeah. By having this heel turn, it doesn't damage her credibility too much. Looking forward to it, I, I like the point Scott made about the, just the, the changes to EO's character. Sometimes we've seen heel turn happens, people still come out. Like Sammy Zayn, for example, still has the same music, uh, still comes out as a bit of the dancing part of it. Whereas EO, this was quite a sort of marked visual change. We need to know, I think there needs to be a wee bit more to the story than just I don't need anybody to do it. And um, that's a wee bit. You know, that we've been there, done that many times before. So I'm looking forward to seeing what these these two really talented wrestlers can do on Saturday night. Okay, so just to finish up this part, um, we'll go predictions. Uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. Who have you got to win, EO or Candice Lurie? I think this is such a hard one to call, just because, like, see if EO wins, it just makes Candice look weak because she's not really had that much of a chance to showcase herself. But if Candice were to win, it defeats the purpose of a heel turn. Unless mm. unless Eo just sort of takes it off and, you know, batters her a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Little Miss Cupcake, Candice LeRae. <laughs> <laughs> so you've went Miss Wrestling. Uh, Scott, who have you went with? Hey, I'm going to go with Eo Shirai because, like Gary said, she's had three kind of big losses and she's been going after the women's title so really cement her like as a heel with her first like big win since the turn I think we can this think you have a chance to tell a really good like long term story like when Johnny and his best friend turn on him like you can have EO and this new heel persona maybe this is what finally gets her helps her win the NXT Women's Championship and eventually down the line you can have Candice be the one to take it from her so yeah, do a, go the long term rather than the short term thing. Gary, who have you got? I think I'm going to pick go for EO in this one. I can see her being the sort of cowardly heel, suckering Candice in, scoring a, a, a bit of a surprise victory or flip pinfall, and then ultimately in this feud, Candice coming out on top and going on to challenge for the women's title. So EO on the night, but Candice overall. I'm going to go EO as well, but I'm going to go EO by disqualification. She'll think Candice won't really hit her with the chair and then she'll just beat the living hell out of her. Just show a bit a bit more aggression. You know, what like we wanted for the Bailey character in the Alexa Bliss feud, I think. You'll get that from you. So we move from one woman's feud to the women's world title feud. Uh Mia Yim against Shayna Baszler. Uh Gary, I'm gonna start with you. This seems like a very Challenger of the month, if you will, a, a villain of the week. If it was a superhero TV show, Mia Yim's had a couple of wins against Bianca Belair and some lower jobbers, and now all of a sudden she's fighting for the women's title. Yeah, 100%. Ross, it's just simply Mia's, Mia's turn, isn't it? Uh-huh. And I, I like Mia, uh, don't get me wrong, uh, but I would struggle to name any memorable moments that she's had prior to becoming prior to getting this title shot. I mean, I'd say that's changed recently. I've enjoyed the the little attacks that she's done on the other two of the four horsewomen of MMA. Uh, the little scenes, uh, particularly the one which she attacked Jessamyn and Duke at the performance centre. But really, um, not a lot of interest in this match. Um, I 
don't know what else to say about it, Ross. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I honestly don't blame you. I love Shayna Baszler. I think Mia Yim's very good, but it's a case of she's just kind of it's like, oh, she beat the last person Shayna beat, so now she's going to fight for the title. Like, I did like how Shayna Baszler just completely ruined the character of Mia Yim by going, yeah, you came from nothing. So did a lot of people. It's the most boring story ever. Scott, your thoughts on this? Is this just a case of new challenger? Stopgap. Kind of feels that way. Like they did a few weeks back, like you said, they did the whole thing of telling me Yim's like story and where she came from and how how you put like vignette. And it seems like on NXT, whenever that happens, either someone's just become the number one contender for something, or they're just about to become number one contender. So it feels like like we need this person's going to be in a major match. We need people to care about them. How do we do that? We just throw something together. But like I kind of feel bad that. We don't care, people don't really care about this as much as they hopefully could have because, like, me has been around for quite a while. She's been, at least, she's an impact for a while. She was in the Mayan Classic. She's very talented, but it's a shame this is like our first major shot and, like, kind of feels like you said, kind of rushed. Yeah, it's like you said, I've done it a few times the, the all I came from nothing storyline, and then, you know, one sentence, Shayna Baszler manages to destroy it. I did enjoy a series of matches with Bianca Belair. I really cared about those matches because it was like, right, we know someone's going on to a world title match soon, but it just seems as if they rushed it and it, now it just seems pointless because I think we all agree, Sarah, she's getting beat by Shayna. Yeah, I mean, this is such a shame because I have always been impressed with Mia Yim, like the, the two spells that she had in the Mayan Classic. Like from the first one and then the second one she came back even stronger with like a new attitude and I loved that. See if they had capitalised on that shortly after the Mayan Classic. I can sort of see why but I, I do agree with the guys. It just sort of feels like, right, who's not had a shot yet? Oh, you've been looking good lately. Right, off you pop. <laughs> that's, that's, exact, that's essentially what it is and it is such a shame. The, the women's title match, like, I know there's, like, there's two on the card, and that's that's fantastic, but there's two women, uh, women's matches on the card. But it just kind of feels like it has to be there because it's the women's title. Mm-hmm. Like, see if like, there's been, like, an extra dynamic, or even started building Mia a little bit earlier, instead of just, like you said, she beat Bianca Belair, and Bianca was, like, Shayna's probably one of her tougher opponents, as opposed to, like, as well as Io. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I find it such a shame, and... Like, I, I hope that they can pull off a fantastic match. Like, I really, really hope so. Like, I have I have liked Mia sort of beating up Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. Like, it's been hilarious watching so. <laughs> but as, like, someone who's really always heavily invested in women's matches and really want to push women's wrestling, it is such a shame that I'm not as invested as, like, Io and Candice. Like, I'm more invested than that. <laughs> Because this sort of just feels like that's just there, just just because it's the women's title, and like maybe maybe a shock might happen, maybe, but I doubt it. Yeah, I, I doubt it too. I do like the the HBIC. It's a great character. It's pro- oh, she is the HBIC though. She is. Yeah, exactly. Says in our entrance theme, what male proof do you need? But it, it's a case that this would probably work better as a heel character, as a heel champion. But right now we have the toughest heel champion in Shayna Baszler. So mm-hmm. I think we're all in agreement, guys. Shayna for the win. Actually, I think I'm going to go a bit left field because I think this is going to be a match where even though we're not as invested in it, it could surprise everybody. I think other than Mia Yim at the moment, Candice and Eo are the only other two kind of top contenders they've got at the moment. 
because Shayna's pretty much beaten everybody else and I don't think they would do heel EO against Shayna so I could actually see Mia getting an upset but kind of kind of almost being a, of a placeholder for when EO can take it so she can take it from a face rather than another heel and then they can continue the Candice EO feud this time over the title that's actually a really good point so we've got Scott playing the role of Kwaku there not wanting to have a clean sweep he has to he has to go for someone else so it's not that comfortable here on the fence. <laughs> Three for Shayna, one for Mia. And speaking of Kwaku, his favourite tag team, his boys, the Street Profits, the NXT Tag Team Champions, insanely over in their match with War Raiders, picked up the titles and the win at NXT TakeOver 25. They've been popping up on Monday Night Raw recently, but Adam Cole wants every piece of gold in the Undisputed Era. So they're going to go up against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Scott, how good is it? to see the original tag team of Undisputed Era back as a team. Yeah, it's been really good because I kind of felt bad for Bobby Fish because it's kind of when Undisputed Era were really starting to get on a roll that he went down with an injury. And even when he came back, when they were going into war games, he still felt like kind of the other one because uh, Rod Day and Kyle still had the tag belts. So it still felt like he was kind of the odd man out. But now, since they dropped the belts and they've been trying to get them back, Rory's now went on to his singles pursuit as he's going after the North American title. And it's great to have Kyle and Bobby together because as much as it's good to see Kyle and Rory, they kind of gel very quickly. These are the guys that have the history together in like, Ring of Honor in Japan. So these two, when you think of like the tag team within the Undisputed Era, I think these two. Fair enough. Gary, what are your thoughts to see the OG Undisputed Era back in tag team wrestling? Oh, it's, it's really great. I, I, I like this pairing. I really liked it when I seen my man Tyler Bate beat them tag titles at Albert Hall in London no but most seriously I think I think it's going to be a great match I think this will be one of the highlights of the show which is crazy to uh, think that this is only the Street Profits second appearance at TakeOver what's their future holds adds a bit of intrigue to this match for me because normally I'd have thought it'd be too early in the rain for them to lose the titles but if they're going to go on to Raw might they, might they drop the titles and like, those titles I don't think they've been that damaged because of the way that the War Raiders uh, left them behind but it'd be nice to see a team hold on to them for a period of time but yeah let's forward to the match Yeah it's one of those ones as well the War Raiders just kind of go they're run kind of gets stopped by being called up. Paul Heyman, apparently a massive fan of the Street Profits, though he wants them on Monday Night Raw. He wants them in a prominent position. And, you know, if they're going to be taken care of, I wouldn't mind them being on Monday Night Raw. But as you mentioned, the way the Viking Raiders left them, the NXT full sale crowd that night when they stepped up to the Wall Raiders, I personally think that's a missed chance, but they still got their opportunity at TakeOver 25 in the ladder match. Sarah, Lots on the Street Profits. I love them. I think they are one of the most charismatic and entertaining teams that have come through NXT in such a long time. Like, the teaming of... Just just the teaming of them together, like, you, they just ooze that chemistry and that charisma. It's, it's basically like, like they're just the best pals having the best time. And that's it, it looks like they're having fun and it makes you want to have fun as well. That's, that's what I love about it. And what about, do you think, as Gary mentioned, they're maybe going up or are they going to stay in uh, a bit longer? I'm in agreement with you, Ross. Um, like, if they were taken care of, like, if Paul, like, Paul Heyman seems to know what he's doing. I mean, Raw's starting to 
get back to that predominant position that he once held. Mm -hmm. And he does seem like he knows what he's doing. Like that guy's got a head for the business. If he's really high on someone that is that looks like they're deserving, because they are, they're entertaining. And if they can hold like a predominant place as like the top baby faces on the tag team division on Raw, would not be mad as long as they were taken care of because it would probably break my heart for more people to just be lost in like lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Undisputed era though, do we think these two are gonna take the gold? Do we think this is gonna to lead to the majority of the members having gold? Uh, it's it's hard to say because I think it's it's we're getting to the, like the sort of midpoint of the year, and if Adam Cole gets what he wants, then it should be starting to happen right about now. But I would say, like by the end of the year, yes, they will probably all have gold. But I don't think Street Profits will probably they'll probably hold on to it until they sort of get instead of doing backstage segments on Raw, like maybe getting a few matches, starting to build up a wee bit of credentials on Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. it, I think staying in the NXT tag team division will still help them and I think like if they're going to drop it they'll drop it at like the night before Survivor Series if anything Fair enough Gary your thoughts who do you think is going to win? I think the Street Profits are going to retain I hope they retain um, it will add an interesting story because if, uh, if the predictions we've made so far come true and Adam Cole has been saying that Undisputed Era are going to be draped in gold. Well, he's been saying that for a while now. They're not making great progress if we're predicting that they won't pick up the North American title and they won't pick up the tag titles either. But yeah, my pick Street Profits. Um, Scotty? Uh, I think Undisputed Era are going to win. Uh, I think they could be like the first like major test for the Street Profits. So it's not a case of they come in like Undisputed Era, like the challenges are once in. You have the faces win. It's a case of like they need more than this to like overcome them. So like they lose here, but they'll eventually get the belts back. But really, depending on like what the Street Profits like thing is on Raw. So like, like you said, they've only been appearing segments. Once they start having matches, I think that'll be telling at their times coming to an end. But at least on like the Viking Raiders, they went up and they actually had their belts with them. Mm. I'm going to go on the Street Era. I think it's going to be the night. They are draped in gold. However, shout out to Angelo Dawkins for that promo when he went, you say you're going to be draped in gold, you say you're going to be the tag champs. Well, why haven't you taken them from us? Because you can't, and that's undisputed. I thought that was just such a great line. And Montez's, yeah, Montez's facial expressions as well, just the, <gasps> when he said it. <laughs> See, facial reactions are a big thing, and they've got that down too. So... May event time, two out of three falls. The final chapter, probably in this rivalry, you've got Mr. Takeover himself, Johnny Wrestling, against Adam Cole. <laughs> well, Dave's it's fun to do that when Dave's not here because he does it every time. I think you'll see that I did not even do it this one time. I know. Dave's just, Dave's just ruined it for you. I know, right? <laughs> this is why I can't have nice things. But we've got it. That's fine, I have to do it. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the NXT champion Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Two out of three falls. It's an interesting match type. You know, you, you wouldn't think that someone, when they've got to choose their stipulation, would choose the fall of just a straight wrestling match. But Adam Cole's done that to prove he's a better wrestler than Johnny Wrestling. Scott, what are your thoughts on that? 
And I think it's a really good like concept because I think they've done it before in these two matches. Like, it's a weird thing. This is basically like a three stages of hell match, but for whatever reason, they, they refuse to call it. They're just calling it a two a three falls match, which kind of like is weird because they've already done two three falls match. So if you just if they just called it a three stages of hell, they would have helped to distinguish this match from the one they had back in New York. Fair enough, Gary. Johnny Wrestling wants to beat the holy hell at Adam Cole. I mean, he, he disrespected the man's butchers. I mean, you, you just don't do that, do you? <laughs> and he did that dastardly heel thing of sticking a photo of himself up in his dad's pizza shop. Honestly, just, well, just totally, totally. Well, bring back I was just to pick up on the, the point about the Coles picking the Street Fall Vest match. I thought that was odd. I was, we were watching it and was he'll say to me, oh, he'll pick a, he'll pick a um, handicap match, you know, which um, wasn't going to happen, but it was just interesting. I don't think it was a particularly heelish thing to say, I'm going to prove I'm a better wrestler than you. So I thought that was a curious, curious decision. Also, with Scott's point about changing this up, it's going to be a great match. I'm not sure we need another two or three falls match. Something a bit more uh, clinical finished the feud. They certainly they had to have a third thing your third out in this match. But frankly, I don't think there was anybody else or there is anybody else in position to challenge for the NXT championship. I think Rio's gonna pick a submission or an I quit stipulation for the third fall. A match like that I would think would have been much better way, just straightforward way to finish this feud off. But I've I've kinda it's been an odd program with it starting off going straight into that two or three falls match. I like some of the things they're trying to do to keep it fresh and keep it uh, different in the build up to this. I like the baby tour and when Adam Cole brought out the guy <laughs> from uh, Johnny's local uh, gym to supposedly challenge him uh, and then Johnny appears. I, I quite like that. But yes, looking forward to this match and can see that these guys put on a great a great show again and it'd be intrigued to see if Eagle takes my advice and goes for an I quit stipulation for the final fall. Happy way to finish the feud off. So obviously we've got the first fall, which is a normal match. We've got the second fall, which is a street fight in memorial of the pizza shop and the wrestling training school. <laughs> and then we have the third fall that if it happens will be picked by Mr. Eagle. So Sarah Gary said either an I quit or a submission match. What do you think the third fall might be? Obviously I do want to quickly like say that Scott made like a really good point about like it being like the three stages of hell match. Mm-hmm. Um, just like just because that could have just made it like that little bit extra like we keep talking about those little things that are missing that's something that could be missing because it just feels like another two out of three falls another Johnny Gargano Adam Cole match like you see when it comes to final stipulations I mean there's so many that you could pick out of a hat and go that would be epic that would be epic that would be epic how about a steel cage match Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's something Scott pointed out when we spoke off air. I'm sorry, that ooh. <laughs> ooh. The guys in the ring will pretend to be surprised about a steel cage match, and Scott said, Did they not notice the giant silver cage? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can quickly construct it, it'll be fine. You can't have a steel cage, and that's the old school back in the day when you used to have guys running out with panels of blue fencing to attach. 
I went mm. to a TNA house show once and they said the cage will be assembled in five minutes and then they repeated that message four times. The cage will, will definitely be completed in five minutes. Production uh, paid tomorrow. The cage will be ready in five minutes. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they probably put a ladder match into this because they could easily just suspend the title so nobody's distracted. Mm-hmm. Just in case. And they're like, oh, by the way, grab your ladders. <laughs> you know, TLC match. Yeah. Boom. I hope they have better quality ladders I mean, than ICW had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the red Crowbar didn't make the ladders, that's why. The red one was fine. Those yellow ones were dodgy. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you shop at home bargains for your wrestling props. Aye, and Crowbar doesn't make them. <laughs> exactly. Good, good <laughs> Polish craftsman shift, that boy. Lovely lad. <laughs> I mean, this is William Regal we're talking about, so it'll probably be, third for all, I can see him making a Duchess of Queensbury rules match, the sneaky bugger like he did <laughs> Chris Jericho back in the day. <laughs> I've got a to be one of Sorry. Fans bring the weapons. <gasps> fans bring the weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you were going to make a point now. Sorry, Nat. Canada, people are too friendly. I was going to say this must be one of the most random NXT discussions we've ever had. We're now talking about uh, ICW prop. We had Mr. Tyler Bates' legs and all sorts of random things earlier on. And uh, the threat of Crowbar made Lucy cry earlier on today. today. As we were talking about, I attended uh, Wrestle Experience Scotland's uh, £5 wrestling show earlier on today. Lucy was hiding from Crowbar. If she was part of that gang attack uh, on Crowbar last year in Mary Hill. Crowbar on the Earth podcast promised revenge and to straighten her out before she ended up in a life of crime. She thought that Crowbar wasn't on the card, so she was going to be okay. And then when she saw him walk into the building, uh, she was terrified. She spent the day having a very low profile and uh, nearly started crying when I mentioned to, or did start crying when I was going to tweet so that she was there. <laughs> Oh, I, I feel bad now, but I mean, as Crowbar said, I mean, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. She, much like <laughs> Father Ben, Bishop Brennan, she did kick him up the arse, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine Crowbar looking at the audience, looking at her like, you did kick me up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about all different discussions for, you know, what the third fall could be. Could we have maybe a quacko on a pole match? Oh, yes. <laughs> Even that got ground for me. <laughs> So many match stipulations. I've got a feeling Johnny's winning the first fall, the straight up wrestling match. Adam Cole's winning the second fall, thanks to Undisputed Era's help. I think old school steel cage to get Undisputed Era out of the building, but to keep everybody out, it's a case of, no, I've had it. You know, we're going to decide the champion once and for all. So I've got a feeling third fall is going to be a cage match, and I've got Adam yeah. Cole to win. Sarah, what about you? I would probably say Adam Cole's going to retain. I mean, I'm not. I would be mad. Like, is, is William Regal announcing the stipulation on the night, or is he going to announce it ahead of time? Do you know? I think it's on the night. If it's yeah, if, if we get. If it's on the night, then yeah, I think it's still okay. Should we just be like, well, I wonder what he's picking. <laughs> um, no, I, I can, I can see because, like, there's. I don't get me wrong. I love these two men, but there's only so many times that I can watch them to a feud over a piece of gold. Yeah. Right, because we've had it for the North American Championship and we've had it now for the NXT and you're like, right, yes, you've got your two top guys, but it's time to move on. Like, Johnny's now taking a more predominant role in production mm-hmm. and backstage roles as well. Like, I don't know if this could be him just sort of setting up his, like, sort of fallback for when he does have to hang up the boots, but, I mean, it, it wouldn't be mad if it was, if, like, Champa came back mm. and just sort of went, 
and just you're just distracting them, but not not enough to like start up another feud of that. But this is when I would like to see someone new and um, like maybe get themselves involved. Maybe, maybe. I actually have a wee theory that Undisputed Era are winning all the gold and all four men are going to be in war games. Mm. I think that'd be quite a good, like, like no titles on the line, but then if they get beat at war games, that decides all the number one contenders for, you know, the Rumble weekend takeover. So yeah. I think that could be good. Scotty, what do you think the third fall will be? And what do you think the outcome's going to be? Yeah, I think, like you said, the steel cage, well, like, it would be hard to say, like, how do you miss that steel cage? <laughs> I think it's the most, like, logical for a final fall after you've already had a street fight, because it's, like, most other, like, stipulations will really follow the same format as in, as a street fight. So I think to really differentiate each fall, a steel cage would probably be the best option. But I think they've really choreographed it, so I think they kind of, as soon as Cole chose this wrestling match and Gariano chose the street fight, you could tell... Okay, Cole's going to win the street fight and Gargano's going to win the, the wrestling match. It really just reminds me of like when Austin and Triple H had a three-stage of the hell match. And I think it was the three-stage of the wrestling match, street fighting cage. And they said, oh, Austin's more of a grappler, uh, more of a brawler. So he won't have that much of an advantage in the wrestling match. He wins the wrestling match. Oh, his brawl and sale will help him in the street fight. Triple H won the street fight. <laughs> so like, it's kind of that similar thing where as soon as... They, they try and tell you one thing, you can't tell it. Okay, so the other thing's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, I think Cole's just going to manage to, like, maybe by escape, get out of the cage and retain, because I think Roddy's going to be, like, the only one who doesn't walk away with gold, and I think that's going to cause some problems, going to bring back those problems that were teasing earlier on uh, a couple months ago with the Undisputed Era. Good. Gary? I think Cole's going to retain. I would love to see Johnny champion count. I'd love to I just feel like Johnny. He's got amazing abs as well. Um, I'd love to see. That he does. <laughs> see, nobody's going to disagree with that one. You make the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see Johnny, particularly after the chase he went on the title, kind of had the longer thing with it. But I think Cole needs to retain. I think he will, and he'll go on. Hopefully, program with the Velveteen Dream. Sorry, did you say he'd go on a program with Velveteen Dream there? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that'd be a. A good show, actually. And what do you think the third fall is going to be, sorry? Uh, for me, it's I, and I quit. And I quit. I, I, I can't see Johnny quitting, though. Oh, I'm changing my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with now? Oh, I'm going to go, I'm changing my mind, I'm going to go for Johnny. <laughs> Fair enough, so... He'll make, he'll make Cole, he'll make Cole quit. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Fair enough. <laughs> I quite like the idea as we're going forward you know there's so many possibilities you know you could have maybe all the Undisputed Era win the gold but Adam loses his and then they start to question his leadership or they all win bar one and maybe Roddy starts to get outcast or you know or they maybe just all win the gold and go on an absolute rampage it's just it's an interesting takeover for future storylines it's just the fact that I think we agree some of the storylines coming into it have been either repetitive or overshadowed by the fun stuff that's happening on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like they can't. Like they kind of. I don't know if they already announced it back when they announced the tournament, but I thought the uh, the breakout tournament finals were going to be on this week's on this takeover, but they haven't really announced it. I know they've got one more episode to go, so maybe they'll make an announcement then. But surprised, like it hasn't already been like announced whether or not the final is going to be on takeover because it's like a match that would. Uh, 
place worthy of this final. Mm. It's interesting to say that, Scott, because what they've said in the build-up to it is that the match is going to be at the Scotia Bank Arena, but they've not said it's going to be at TakeOver, which makes me think it'll be one of the matches before TakeOver goes live, and they'll show it. But you know how usually the, the NXT TV after TakeOver is mm. the matches that have been recorded, essentially the dark matches. I think that's probably what's going to happen, but you would think the tournament final has had this type of exposure would would warrant a place on the main takeover card. I mean, I could see it like if they choose to add a match to the takeover pre show, they could put it there and save us like give us at least fifty minutes where we don't have to listen to Pat McAvee oh, talking shit. Wait, wait, an entire show where we didn't mention that tool. Jesus. Nearly done it. I know, nearly there. You've upset Sarah now, Scott. Play the game. I'm sorry. I know I think First call me a golf and then bringing that guy up. Oh, I'll just let you guys hate me. <laughs> what do you mean, like? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think as well, it's it's a missed opportunity not to put it on a takeover. Like, but oh, well, you know, it's, it's it's you know the past six NXT weekly TV tapings, sorry episodes, I should say, have had a breakout tournament match on them. It just it's I think it's silly not to have it on a takeover, but that seems to be where we are. So just before we wrap up, Gary, how excited are you you're actually gonna be there live? <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. I'm so looking forward to the to the entire weekend. It's a it falls into these sort of once in a lifetime trips. So travelling out Wednesday, attending some of the uh, meet and greet sessions on Friday and Saturday morning, attending takeover Saturday night and off to SummerSlam on Sunday. Yeah, can't can't wait. Never been to Toronto before, so a perfect excuse to go to Toronto. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you don't really need an excuse to go to SummerSlam, but you know, it's like, oh well, I want to visit Toronto too. I why not? And from any for anyone listening from Toronto, you'll notice Gary. Gary will be standing next to a girl wearing a Bailey T-shirt and holding a large sign that says, "I love Viscera." <laughs> <laughs> She does have an NXT t-shirt for Saturday night, but on Sunday it'll be all Bailey. I mean, has she not got a Viscera t-shirt? Well, we're, we're going to check out the, the SummerSlam Superstore, which I'm sure you'll be able to get some there. And uh, maybe we'll start the start trending on the weekend for ESSR to finally host their Viscera podcast special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know I'm absolutely down for that. I mean, we've got a show planned out and everything, but you know, much like Stephen shot down the idea of going for a stag do weekend in Craig Tara, he's also shot down a Viscera show idea. I mean, it's as if he's adverse to having a good time. Well, also, um, <laughs> I have to say, guys, there's a, there's a chance that I may return to Scotland as a 24-7 champion. Uh, if R-Truth can, can get that title back from Maria somehow this week, because he, uh, he is due to be one of the one of the Superstars appeared in the meet and greet sessions on Saturday afternoon that we were attending, so you know, it's all to play for. All to play for. (laughs) How many kids do you think at every meet and greet try to attack our truth? (laughs) Well, one of the the great things for these meet and greet sessions, they have these rules, and one of the things that you're not allowed to take in with you, one of the things you're not allowed to take in with you is a money in the bank briefcase. I'm sure they must have had something to try to cash in. <laughs> I mean, Sarah's spare change in the tin holder, so I mean, I'm kind of just, if I win the sweep this weekend, I'm not going on the Summer Slam Review Show. I'll be locked in my house. <laughs> I, know, I think I put the fear in everybody because I'm just like, I could do this. 
that I can do this. I'm always watching you guys. I know that's a terrifying thought. And on that, <laughs> on that horrific thought, we're going to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you offended me, so I'm going to scare you. <laughs> I would say thank you to Miss Spare Change in the Tin, Sarah Grieve. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'll say thank you to the future 24-7 champion, Gary Kernan. You're welcome, thank you, Ross. And Scott. <laughs> the, current, the current ESSR champion. Yes, the current ESSR champion. We didn't want to mention that, but you know. Yeah, but he did us a favour, remember, so it's okay. Ah, in fairness, it was anyone but Hockney. <laughs> uh, anyone but Hockney, I can't believe that was The idea happen. that Hockney could have won an ICW sweepstake that is just an abomination exactly you should imagine me with the fear going oh no <laughs> I, I, I was I was more annoyed I was more annoyed with the fact he could have won it five times before I did so I generally would have refused to do a SummerSlam sweep I'd have just been like no <laughs> No, 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 split it to two again, Ross. <laughs> like, like with when Stacey won the Money in the Bank sweep when she didn't watch WWE for like a year, that was one thing. But then winning an ICW sweep would have just been like, no, just, just no. I've got no faith in this. Anymore. I would have cashed in on them there and then at Shugs. It would have been fine. <laughs> We'd have all held them down like when, <laughs> like when Holt and Jake shaved Boyle's beard off. <laughs> so. That's everything for us, guys. Uh, enjoy TakeOver. Enjoy it if you're there, like Gary. Look out for the Viscera section. <laughs> Check out our past TakeOver previews and reviews at Suplex Retweet on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And follow us on Twitter at Suplex Retweet and Facebook and Instagram also at Suplex Retweet. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalog of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now